This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Rolene Marks, a very, very good morning to you. How are you? Always a good way to start my weekend off talking to you. So what is the latest on day 126 of Operation Sword of Iron? Well, first of all, it is day 126. I mean, it's just absolutely extraordinary what has happened these last four months and and to be honest i don't remember uh life before the Mm -hmm. 7th of october israel is still very much um on the 7th of october i don't think we're going to see any changes there uh but um what we know is that israel is proceeding closer and closer to rafa one of the spokespeople for the IDF, Jonathan Conrick, is tweeting out a short while ago, uh, you know, what are we going to find in uh, Rafa? We know that there is a very, very sophisticated, intricate system of tunnels uh, that were also used to smuggle things in and out of Egypt. Rafa is on the border with Egypt. Now, the U.S. and Egypt have expressed their concerns. The White House saying that they cannot support uh, a, a military campaign in Rafa, that, that, that it could be a disaster. The Egyptians expressing concerns that uh, should we proceed with uh, uh, Rafa, it could impact on our peace agreement with Egypt. And also they are scared of... Um, they are scared of the uh, Palestinians running into, breaking through the border and running into Egypt. Of course, Egypt taking a lot of criticism along with Jordan for not accepting any Palestinians into their space. And, and interesting now, I've just um, received now news that our state controller, Matanyahu Engelman, has requested the diaries of eight senior politicians and military officials as part of his investigation into the failures surrounding the October the 7th uh, terror attacks. This is as per Khan, that's the public broadcaster. Uh, these include Prime Minister Netanyahu, Defence Minister Yoav Galant, Shinbek Director Ronen Barr, IDF Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Herzi Halevi uh, are, are some of those. Now, all of those Barr, the Prime Minister, have uh, accepted responsibility. We have heard from the Director of the Shinbet, Ronen Barr, saying that once this war is concluded, he will step down as head of the Shinbet. So, uh, I think, um, as the comptroller who have said, they will leave no, stir, no stone left unturned. They are investigating. This is separate to an official state investigation, but he said he will investigate everything. 
So has this started, well, it sounds like it started in earnest because I thought at some point there was the notion that let's focus on the war and then we will start looking at what could have and what went wrong leading up to it. Is it because the war's gone on for this type of period or, or was this started from the get-go? I think it's a it's a combination of things. I think it's because we are now on day 126 of this war. Uh, I think because uh, they uh, uh, the, the Israeli public uh, want to know and need to know, and there is a growing appetite amongst the uh, the public as uh, one can understand what happened. Why are we situ- sitting in this uh, untenable situation that we are sitting in? And it'll be fascinating. Are they going to be, have they indicated when they will have a finding on anything or even preliminary ones? Because that could be dangerous, um, surely. If, if you've got people still within those positions of command, you don't want to undermine them whilst they're there. You, know, you obviously want to deal with it and know what you're dealing with. But I can't imagine it would be very helpful to, to the war effort to undermine them. Well, I think that, you know, we have already heard from uh, everybody bar the Prime Minister saying mm-hmm. they accept mm-hmm. responsibility uh, and they are willing to, to comply. And one of the things that the IDF had to do very quickly on the, at the end of the day, on the 7th of October, and first thing in the morning on the 8th of October, was to win back the public trust, which I think they have more than um, oh, earned our no public doubt. trust. Yeah, uh, that that has that has uh, that has grown, and I think instead of impeding that trust, all it will do is it will grow uh, our faith in our army, and it's it's an also an important message to the world that Israel is a democracy. We are not like other countries' armies that hide our mistakes. And, uh, you know, that, that, that rush to cover up our mistakes. Something uh, terrible, terrible led to a, a huge negligence led to this. This is a, a, a conversation I think we'll be having for many, many decades to come. What happened that we are sitting in a situation where we had, you know, nearly 1,300 of our civilians and foreign nationals brutally murdered, raped, mutilated, and tortured uh, that Hamas was able to infiltrate and that we have had uh, from the 7th of October over 250 people that were taken hostage, including uh, babies and whole families and elderly people and disabled people. Yeah. I keep thinking, though, that as, as appalling and unimaginable as it was, had this been allowed to continue without a crisis point of October the 7th, it, it could have potentially even have been worse. Because what, what's been discovered in Gaza and under Gaza and the level of involvement of UNRWA, United Nations organizations, of various other countries in the training, in the weapons manufacturing, in the funding, this could have resulted in something even more significant. What's your thought? Well, I think you, I, I think you raise a, a, a very, very good point. I, I think this could have been, I mean, it's already untenable and, and unthinkable, uh, but it could have been 
beyond. Be, in fact, I don't even think I can summon up the words uh, because we're still trying to, to comprehend what happened on the 7th of October. But one thing that I have been saying since the 7th of October is that in these 126 days, what this war has done is it has exposed so many fault lines, uh, whether it be in our own personal lives with people who we thought were our friends uh, and even family caring uh, about what happens to us in this situation, right through to the, the biggest institutions in the world, the United Nations, and how deeply embedded UNRWA uh, have been with uh, Hamas. The uh, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres saying that uh, they will immediately move if they find out that uh, uh, that UNRWA has been um, infiltrated. That's were their words by Hamas. Uh, you know, Mr. Secretary General, what about all the other agencies in your in your remit? Uh, just because they don't formally have the name Hamas doesn't mean they haven't been infiltrated by other uh, terrorists and, and radicals. Mm. Uh, you know, we won't talk about who's sitting at the heads of certain uh, committees and commissions, Iran, Venezuela, and, and other unthinkable uh, countries. Um, but this war has blown apart all the uh, all the subverted, radical, genocidal, uh, uh, terrorist entities and their supporters. Yeah, it's it's just the the impact. It is almost like a nuclear bomb in this in this space. Given that, another bit of a nuclear bomb, I thought, was Biden's strange comments yesterday that Israel's reaction is over the top. Well, I think, and, and I'm going to do something quite controversial here. I'm going to ask people to apply critical thinking. Uh, you know, Biden uh, has proven himself to be a friend of Israel, as has the uh, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. But I think we also have to remember one thing. It is an election year in the United States. It is highly likely that Biden is going to face down a formidable opponent in uh, former President Trump, who, who takes no prisoners, uh, you know, when, mm. when he speaks. And uh, Biden knows that he is quickly losing a, a lot of his supporter base because of his support for for Israel and our war against uh, Hamas. And, and I think he's trying to quell some of that anger amongst that support base. That is my take. Of course, I could be completely wrong, but that is my, that is my take on that, is that he has taken a lot of criticisms. We see a lot of uh, threats coming from young voters, coming from... Uh, uh, you know, many in his uh, support base, including Muslims. And uh, I think that's his attempt to say, OK, you know what, I better do something to balance the rhetoric. Mm, mm. It just was just a it's just so it seems so out of left field that it was quite that it was quite strange. Tell us about the Green Prince. 
Well, this is a very, very, very smart move by the National Public Diplomacy Directorate. And again, you and I have been speaking throughout this war about the IDF, how transparent they have been, how, how good they have been at updating journalists. I, I mean, as a working journalist here, I get several updates throughout the day. You know, we know what our guys are doing. We know what they're uncovering. They're showing it. They're explaining it very, very clearly. There is no excuse for any journalist journalist covering this war to not be aware of what the IDF mm, is mm. doing. No excuse. The only excuse is probably systemic uh, bias in their channels. But what they have done at the National Public Diplomacy Directorate, and, and we have to applaud every single one of Israel's spokespeople in uh, whatever language they are speaking, they have all been outstanding. But they have taken on a very, very important person. And that is Mossab Hassan Youssef, also known as the Green Prince, uh, the son of uh, Hamas co-founder Sheikh Hassan Youssef. So he has joined the public diplomacy Incredible. campaign. He was uh, in the Western Negev earlier this week, uh, looking at the at the areas, and he has said some um, uh, very controversial things. Uh, well, not controversial to us because we know, but maybe mm -hmm. to those uh, that that are sitting on the fence. He says. And, and, and this is referring to the Hamas charter. He says, the people that wrote the Hamas covenant are a bunch of lunatics. The Arab world needs to pay attention to the dangers with it. He doesn't mince his words mm -mm, there, Howard. Mm -mm. He says, Hamas do not care about people. In effect, they are sacrificing the lives of children and non-combatants in order to achieve cheap political goals. The concept of jihad must be stopped and it must be stopped now. Oh, somebody better get him an audience with Naledi Pandu. I think she... Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she she might be uh, you know might raise her blood pressure a little bit, and she says Israel needs to set a time limit for Hamas to re to release the remaining 136 Israeli hostages and to kill his father and other Hamas leaders if they don't. He goes on to say, I'm going to read to you. Uh, his statement, he says, Hamas must have a time frame, a month or two or six months to return the hostages. And if they don't return the hostages within the time frame, Israel must execute top Hamas leaders in prison, especially the mass murderers. Now, for those of you who might not know who he is, uh, Mossab Hassan Yosef, as I just said, his father was the co-founder of Hamas. He served uh, himself as a member of Hamas. And he was arrested by Israel, by the, the Shabbat. You can read his uh, story in the brilliant book, Son of Hamas, uh, where he explains everything to you. This is somebody who knows better than anyone, Ronald Lamola, about uh, genocide and Hamas's intentions, John Tugard, uh, and other, other lawyer whose name I cannot pronounce. <laughs> and... Um, is is probably the one person to completely blow apart your case at the RCJ, Cyril Ramaphosa. I wonder how safe or how at risk he is, because it's obviously been a concern most of his time since he uh, started speaking publicly against Hamas. I, I just wonder, I mean, obviously safe within the Israel space, I would imagine, and protected, but it really does come at some risk for him. 
massive risk. Not only has he converted to Christianity, so he is seen by the, the radicals in the Lady Pandora as an apostate, but uh, he doesn't talk about his, his whereabouts, understandably. And he does say, you know, I, I, I'm very aware that I could be assassinated, I could be murdered, and so be it, but you're not going to stop me speaking out. Yeah. It's, he's, he's really done an incredible, an incredible amount of good work during this time. And I think that adding him to Israel's diplomacy and public diplomacy is a very, very smart move. I just hope that there isn't a counter move to try and discredit him. Of course, there will be attempts to to discredit him, but nobody knows better than him. He knows Hamas inside and out, and he knows that the only way to, to deal with Hamas is, is a, a show of strength. And, and I think this is what people don't understand. We are not, uh, Israel is, is Western looking, but we are not fighting in the West. We are mm. fighting in the Middle East, where the rules of dealing with your enemy are completely different to anywhere else in the world. And that's very, very important to understand. And that is where we leave it. Rolene Marks, thank you as always. Thank you for a fantastic week of reporting. Wishing you a fantastic weekend and a Shabbat Shalom. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Amen.